Thank you to this episode's sponsor, ModestPop.com. ModestPop actually gives discounts for teachers and bridal parties. They also have this awesome blog. And one of the blogs that I am especially interested in reading is called Boldly Be a Pop of Color in a Black and White World. I'm fascinated by that idea, especially of how that could tie into what I've shared about black and white thinking and how to think in color. Go to ModestPop.com to find all sorts of beautiful dresses and clothes that either you yourself could get or a woman that you love. Welcome to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 91, Keeping a New Promise with Les Patterson. Hey, everybody. It's been kind of a crazy week, right? At least here in the United States, it is election week and it has been dramatic to say the least. I think we could all agree on that, right? Maybe we all voted for different people, but it's definitely been a lot of drama. Wednesday, I stayed up with my sister-in-law. We stayed up till 3.30 in the morning, you guys. Little did we know, results were not going to be in that night. And everyone said they weren't going to be, but we still just stayed up till 3.30 in the morning and I drank caffeine and we got into my kids trick-or-treating candy. I have no regrets, but I'm really dragging this week (laughs) because I did not get the sleep that I needed. But I hope everybody's doing well. Thanks for tuning in and listening. I'm a little bit bummed because I had a book signing coming up through my publisher and through a big Christmas show they were putting on up in Salt Lake in Utah where I could sign books for people for Christmas gifts. And that, of course, got canceled just this week because of COVID. And so I'm excited to announce I'm going to be signing books, personal thoughts for people who maybe need to feel seen this holiday season. So if you're interested in having me mail a copy of the book and sign it for someone that you love as a Christmas gift, will you please message me on my website? Because I know that there were some people that were going to come to the show and they were going to come get me to sign books for people that they want to gift the ICU book or and the bracelet to. And now they won't be able to do that because it was canceled. So I'm going to be doing that for my home. So remember, just go to my website, julieleespeaks.com. And there is a tab where you can contact me and just shoot me. That comes straight to my email and we will set it up. We will get the ICU message out there to anybody that needs to be reminded that they are seeing this holiday season. The holidays can be a surprisingly difficult time for a lot of people, a lot of lonely people. And of course, that's what I'm all about is I don't want people to feel lonely. I've been there and and it's a, it's a tough place to be. I want to make sure we're all feeling seen this holiday season. So let me know if, if I can help you with that. I'm excited to introduce today's guest. It is Les Patterson. Les is the founder of a company called Red Edge Mentoring. And More than just that, I wanted to have him on the podcast because he's genuinely just a really kind man. Uh, He served in the military for 24 years, so he has an interesting perspective with that. And he is now a a speaker and a mentor, and he works with businesses a lot. And today he's going to share with us the power that came into his life when he decided to keep a new promise to himself. Les Patterson, welcome to the ICU podcast. Thank you, Julie. It is, it's just an incredible honor to be able to spend some time with you. Uh, you've been such a delight in my life. And you are, you have this beautiful gift of being able to see people where they're at 
and 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 validate them where they're at. And and I felt that from you, and I saw I know so many have. So thank you, Julie. Truly an honor. Yeah. So I'm excited to have you here, Les. I love the work that you do. Today we're going to talk about making a new promise. Before we start that, will you just introduce yourself a little bit and tell listeners just what you're all about? You know, thank you, Julie. And you know, really what I'm all about, it, it's going to become part of the story of, of this new promise, because when we go about uh, trying to figure out life, every one of us is in a position just by who we are, that we are going to influence and lead other people. And the work that I do, I'm a, I'm a business mentor, as I work with leaders in helping them guide their company, we've really discovered that the very first thing that we have to do is we have to learn how to guide ourselves. We have to learn how to create a story of greatness for ourselves. And that starts by making a promise to ourselves. You know, the promise that we will create a great story for ourselves. Tell me a little bit about your family as well. My wife, Alisa, and I, we have uh, five incredible children. We, we live in Cache Valley in northern Utah, and we raised, uh, we raised our children here. We've got three boys and then two girls on the end. Our three boys all followed a little bit of what I did and spending some time in the military. Uh, military was a big part of my life for 24 years. Two beautiful daughters studying and going to school and raising family, and it is absolutely incredible to see the impact that they are making on the world. And that's what makes life so wonderful. It's to see those you love stepping into their greatness, changing the world around them. Yeah, I love that. That reminds me of something Tim Ballard said in the forward of my book. He said, relationships are everything. It's the most important thing we do here is our relationships. I totally believe that. That's how it's been in my life. My focus yes. is on my relationships. Everything changes and the things that don't matter just kind of fall away into the background. That's true. That's true. And we have lots of relationships in our life. I mean, you and I, we have a professional relationship that's becoming more of a personal relationship. And those are all incredibly valuable. And, and we need those. And we're fulfilled so much by other people. Yeah. Well, obviously, our relationship has become more personal because I'm showing up in a beanie. So things are getting more, <laughs> more comfortable between us. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Tell me about being in the military. So I was a member of the Utah Army National Guard. I, I joined uh, the National Guard when I was still in high school. And my the fall of my senior year, I remember September 29th, got signed up and I'd followed in my dad's footsteps. I spent a lot of time with him as a kid up at the armory, playing basketball, hanging out with him. Something I wanted to do since I was a little, little boy. I'd love to, to polish his boots for him, you know, when he'd get ready for his drill weekend. It was just a big deal for me. I had my parents' permission when I was 17. I joined the National Guard. I went to basic training the day after high school graduation. Talk about a wake-up call to the real world. That was, <laughs> I don't know, what in the world have I done? But through that process, I... I had just an incredible experience of 24 years of serving the National Guard, which is what we call a part-time or reserve military force. Um, it's like one weekend a month, a couple of weeks during the year sometime for some training time period. And, and that was perfect. That's what I wanted. I keep raising my family here in Utah, had my civilian career versus, well, I also had this part-time military career. And as part of that, I had the opportunity to develop great leadership skills, 
develop incredible relationships of love with others that were serving our country from all walks of life. And the time came uh, after September 11th, where I had the opportunity to be uh, activated uh, for full-time service a couple of times. Um, and one of those times took me to Iraq, uh, where I spent a year in Iraq uh, with uh, our National Guard unit and tried to make life over there just a little bit better, you know, for the people of Iraq and try to, you know, to eliminate some of those uh, threats that were impacting our country. And truly was an honor. Came with a high price. Uh, we lost one of... Uh, uh, one of our soldiers, uh, Sergeant First Class Ronald Wood, was uh, killed in a combat. And uh, since coming home, we have lost two of our brothers to being killed by suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that is why still today, I've been retired now for uh, 13 years, uh, but I'm still very passionate about sharing the story of our veterans and of our military of connecting with them. Uh, this, uh, this coming week is, is Veterans Day next week on November 11th. It's an opportunity for us to remember that there's still men and women serving today around the world. And there's a lot of men and women that are home from their service, done with their service. And a lot of them are still struggling. And we, we have 22 veterans a day that are killed by suicide. And uh, that's, uh, that's hard. That's, that's hard. And two of them, actually more than two, but have been my friends, people that I've known, uh, you know, one that I served with quite closely. And, and so I raise my voice in the ways that I can to, to help our veterans know that there's always, there's always a voice, there's always love, there's somebody's care, there is support and to help families and friends know how they can connect with their veterans. Thank you for your service and especially in raising your voice and helping with suicide prevention, even among veterans. Talk to me about the stories we tell. Growing up through my teenage years, I had a story that existed for me. It was a story that I created and it was a story of invisibility. It was a story of little worth. It was a story that it was ugly. It was, it was not a true story. And it became so ingrained in me. It was as if I had made an ugly promise to myself, you know, and I lived up to that ugly promise that, that I didn't have anything to offer to the world and that the world didn't see me. The world meaning the people that I knew, my, my family, my friends, kids I went to school with, they, they didn't really, really see me. So when I was a young teenager, I don't know, somewhere 10, 11, and 12, uh, the place where I lived, uh, where I grew up in Richfield, Utah, was literally right across the street on the edge of town from the fairgrounds. They were my playgrounds. I loved spending time there. I knew all the nooks and crannies. I knew how to sneak into the horse races, and I wanted to be—I wanted to be a horse jockey when I was a kid. Ride the black stallion, you know, and win the race. And and I got into the demolition derbies and the rodeos and everything like that because I knew all the the, the little uh, places that, where the fence was broke, and I could get in. And well, my favorite time of year is when the carnival would come to town. I love the carnival, and I love the people at the carnival, the carnies, the carnival workers. And there's this one year, 
Um, when the, the carnival came to town, I, I was over there, and one of the carnies in, in the booth uh, said, hey, kid, come and help me out. I need to go take a smoke break. And uh, and it was it was the the booth where you have you have all the pop bottles in a crate and you've got this little ring that you got to try to throw over the, the top of the of the old pop bottles and no one could do it I couldn't do it but here this carny worker asked me to help him out so I went and helped him out and it was just like the highlight of my life. Well, fast forward to the next year, I saw the carnival come in town and I couldn't wait. So I got all spiffed up. I put on my newest, bestest pair of jeans, my newest, bestest shirt. I still remember the shirt. It was kind of a brown plaid shirt with pearl-like buttons down the front. And I put on my newest, bestest pair of shoes, which really weren't that new. And they weren't that bestest. A pair of black suede go to church Sunday shoes. Mm -hmm. I'm all spiffed up. I walk over and walk it through the carnival and I get to that booth, the one with the pop bottles with where you toss the ring over. And I just stand there and I'm beaming like a proud 11 year old kid. I just knew, I just knew that corny worker was going to say, Hey kid, come and help me. Well, it didn't take, uh, or after a little while standing watching the carny worker noticed me, I thought, okay, here it is. Here's my moment. I get to I get to do it. I get to be a carny. He looked at me and he looked me up and down, you know, head to toe. And then he started to laugh. And he said, Who wears black suede shoes to the carnival? I was devastated. I wanted to find the biggest rock and crawl underneath it because all this excitement that I had to break out of, to be somebody different, uh, thinking things that I didn't even know how to put words to, just all got shattered. A young boy was crushed by, you know, the unkindness the joke of, of somebody else, somebody that even though I didn't know who he was, I looked up to him. And that just reinforced this ugly promise that I made to myself. See, Les, you really are ugly. You really are dumb. You really are stupid. And I just, I dived into that even, even deeper. And it took a while, you know, it took a long while. But eventually some other moments happened and some other experiences. And I started to discover, you know, that I could create a different story, that I could create a, a, a new promise to myself. So what does that promise look like? What, what promise do you keep now? Well, that promise came um, because of an experience in high school, and I didn't call it a promise at the time. In fact, uh, it was just it was just a new mindset. It was just a new it was just a new story. It was a new experience, and I really have to give uh, I have to give credit to, to our friend Jason Hewlett, who uh, has introduced me to the to the concept of what I was doing. So, unless you you really made a promise to yourself, didn't you? And I look back and thought, oh, yeah, I did. I made an ugly promise, and I lived up to it. And then I made a new promise, and I've spent my life uh, living up to that new promise. 
And the experience uh, started uh, in high school uh, with this creating a new story because somebody saw me. During high school, I, uh, I was part of the FFA, Future Farmers of America, and uh, I had a couple of milk cows, a couple of Holstein dairy milk cows, black and white cows that I would milk every morning and every evening. Well, I had these ramshackle corrals next to my house, and my cows tended to get out too often. And I remember this one morning, they got out. And I had to go chase them down. Uh, one of them got into the fairgrounds. I had to go bring him back. And by the time I got him back into the corral school, it already started. I was running late. I didn't have time to go in and clean up and change clothes. So I hoofed it on up to school. It was on the other side of town, about a mile or so away. And I got to school. Boy, first hour was still in. And I remember this moment clear as if it happened today. I'm at my locker. I'm kneeling down. I'm getting my books out there. And then the bell rings for that break between first and second hour. And the hallways flooded with, with kids. And I just remember thinking, please, no one see me. And I thought, please, no one smell me. Because I'd been in my corrals. I was still in my old jeans and my old worn out boots. And I had this pleasant aroma, I believed, of cow crap on my old worn out boots and jeans. And all of a sudden, the crowd stopped. And I just, I knew it was coming. Someone was going to laugh. Someone was going to, you know, say, look at Les, he's got cow crap on his boots, you know. But instead, I heard this, I had this big booming voice. Hey, Les, how are you? And I turned around and there was JJ, Jeff Jackson. He was like literally the most popular kid in school. He was a senior. He was surrounded by, you know, some of the cool football players and the cute girls. And he was looking at me and said, hey, Les, how are you? I don't remember what happened after that moment. I was dumbfounded. Jeff Jackson knew my name. I had no idea he knew who I was. I'd never, ever talked to him. He saw me at that moment. Well, it wasn't just that he saw me. It's because that was one of his last days at school. Jeff had leukemia. He was on crutches that day. And uh, before not very long, he had got so sick, wasn't coming to school anymore. He was in the hospital. And a few weeks later, Jeff passed away. And uh, when, I, when I went to his funeral, I remember going through the viewing line, come up to his mother, and uh, she said, so did you know Jeff? And I don't know what I told her. I don't know how I answered, but I know what I thought. I know I didn't know Jeff. But Jeff knew me. Jeff saw me. I've had the privilege of sharing the story of the Carney worker and JJ many times over the last, you know, 35 years. Well, over that time, I've gone on a quest to try to find Jeff's family. They moved uh, not long after that, and I haven't been able to find them. 
Well, just a few weeks ago, I was preparing a training actually for a, a business group I was speaking at, and I was going to tell this story. And I had I couldn't find my pictures of Jeff Jackson's headstone, which I had used in my presentation. I couldn't find them, and I have hundreds of those pictures. So I threw it out on a Facebook group in, in down in Sevier County where Richfield is and says, hey, I'm looking for this picture. Would someone go take a picture at the cemetery for me? Sure, you know, people did it for me. And then Jeff's baby sister saw that. And she reached out to me. And then another sister reached out to me and said, hey, our parents are still alive. They're in their 90s. And a couple weeks after that, I was able to have a family a uh, Zoom call with all of Jeff's family, his beautiful parents and his sisters, their families. And I was able to share the impact that Jeff has had, how Jeff helped me create, start that process of creating a new story for myself, to start that process of telling myself a better promise. And then spending a life trying to live up to this better promise. I will forever and forever love Jeff Jackson. I can't wait to see him and give him a big hug and tell him thank you for changing my life. It's amazing how people in our lives in those pivotal, pivotal moments changes everything. And for him, I don't think it took a lot of effort probably. And it changed everything for you. Yeah. And we can be that for people. I mean, that's what seeing people is all about. It is, yes. Taking a second to notice someone, to get outside of our head. Sometimes we talk about service, how service makes us happy, and I believe that. But sometimes I think of service as raking the old lady's lawn down the street or, you know what I mean, bringing a meal where service is so much in how we communicate with each other and how we mm -hmm. choose to notice each other, the lifestyle we choose to live where we see people. I had the opportunity uh, last night, I was uh, speaking to a high school group, ironically, of FFA students and FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America. First time ever to speak to FFA students. Um, and um, we talked about this, this gift of service that they could give and actually demonstrated, I, I, I put, we talked about smiling at each other and how you give the gift of a smile. And I put on my mask. I said, can you tell if I'm frowning or if I'm smiling? And sure enough, they could tell because our eyes communicate what our, what our smile is doing or not doing. Yep. I think that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give is to give somebody a smile. To say hello, you know, that takes no effort. It's all Jeff did. He said hello. And, and that's what's amazing is we can still see people in whatever way you want to take that with a mask on. You can tell if someone's smiling or not. You can see it in their face. You can see it in their eyes, even with the mask on. So I think it's so important right now, especially that we don't use that as an excuse. Even I don't think we have ill intentions, but just an easy way to forget to do that. Yeah. I think we get, we get so busy in life. Uh, and, and life is busy, and we have so many things that are pressing on us, uh, sometimes just the concept of survival, which 
in this year of 2020, um, many of us are are having to focus on how are we surviving, you know, financially, emotionally, spiritually. How are we surviving? How's our family surviving? The world's in, in chaos. You know, families are uprooted, working from home, kids being homeschooled. And so, you know, so many new dynamics. And sometimes we just have to survive. And it takes so much effort to survive that sometimes we don't notice, not because we don't want to. We're just trying to, to get by. And it's, you know, it's those people that we want to be able to notice. We want to give the gift of our love, our encouragement, our smile, because we just might be that one moment that they need to say, okay, someone saw me, mm-hmm. you know, how, how can we be a JJ in someone else's life? How can we be a Jeff Jackson and, and show that, Hey, I see you today, Julie, just because I smiled, just because I made eye contact. Maybe I opened the door. Even something as simple as when we first got on, you were like, Hey, the beanie look looks good on you. You know, like you, you're <laughs> registering something about me. You're noticing me that that's powerful. It's very powerful. I need that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how far we get. You never graduate from needing that, from needing that interpersonal connection. That's so true. I like that. You never graduate from the need for that. Mm-mm. Yeah. You never, you never get old enough. You never become so self-assured that you don't need people anymore. Yeah. I think that's just the greatest lie we can believe. We just don't thrive in isolation and we never will. We're meant to be together. Yes. In a few words, what is the new promise you're keeping? So this promise for me, the way that I have, you know, uh, articulated it to me is become what I call my personal promise proclamation. And again, uh, credit to, to Jason Hewlett, who has helped teach me, you know, when you make something solid, when you write it down and you, you own it, maybe you memorize it because then it becomes eternalized. So however that works for for you, however it works for others, this is how it works for me. My personal promise proclamation is this. The story that I most consistently create for myself will be the story to most consistently come true in my life. I will intentionally create a beautiful, a powerful, and a wonderful story of greatness. Those words, they have been fine-tuned over the years. I've added words to them. I've taken words out, and they'll continue to be fine-tuned. But there's some key words in there. Create. I will create um, this new story. I will be intentional about creating this new story. I will be intentionally creating a story that's beautiful not ugly, a story that's wonderful, delightful, you know, not boring and plain, a story that's powerful, a story of greatness, a story of greatness, because when we create, intentionally create that kind of story, and we bring it to life by consistently creating that kind of story, We create it in our mind with words and thoughts. We create it in our heart with feelings and emotions. Then we start to manifest it with action. We start getting up after we've fallen down. 
We get up again and again and again, even though we've fallen down over and over and over. We accept the help to get back up. When the world or life knocks us down, <laughs> we recoup. We, we, and sometimes that means we got to mend. Sometimes we have to heal. Sometimes we have to stop the bleeding. And then we get back up because we made a promise to ourselves, And we've consistently made that promise. And we've got this great experiences because I've made this promise and I lived up to it, you know, and so I can do it again today. And it's going to be hard, but I keep doing, I keep getting back up and I can win this race, this race, not against anybody else and not even against myself. It's, it's a journey. It's a race of a journey of keep going, keep leading myself, keep leading yourself, then you make an impact on yourself. You love yourself. You love your beauty. You love your greatness. You love your confidence. You recognize your weaknesses and you work to improve them. And then you start serving others because you're in a stronger position and you lift others up and then they lift you and it goes back and forth and together you both rise you all rise in greatness and love i would love to print out Wes patterson's promise of greatness and put it on the wall right here are you okay with that yes yes i am Wes patterson i love that i love all of that and i i can't i can't help but think that that's a happier life too. take some intention but so worth it there's been many times over the years that i have not lived up to my promise yeah that the ugly promise has resurfaced and i have fallen back into into that trap but it, when you become consistent in it it's, it's kind of like exercise you know, if, if we exercise once in a blue moon, we're not going to change our body. But if we have a consistent pattern, 20 minutes, three times a week, at the gym, twice a week for an hour, we go out for a walk once a day, whatever it is, we have consistency. When the old habits falls back in, the stronger habit, the stronger thought, the greater story is going to have replacement of the weaker thought, the weaker habit the ugly promise with the greater promise. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm recommitted. Les, thank you for being on the ICU podcast today. And thank you for being a friend and just being so open to creating a relationship with me. And, and I'm just excited to continue to watch all your good work. Well, it's truly been an honor, Julie. When I see what you are doing, how you see others. You've done such a great job of just, I believe, of that's who you are. You see other people. And you've been able to now articulate that message in a way that others connect with it. Uh, you've got a beautiful book, which I need to actually get. I need to get your book. <laughs> and uh, because I want, to, I want to add what I do or add what you're doing to help me so that I can better see myself and that I can better see uh, others, particularly be able to see those that I love the most. Yeah. Well, thank you. So grateful to have Wes on the podcast today. 
I want to thank our sponsor again, modestpop.com. The founder of Modest Pop is Camille McConnell, who was on just a few episodes ago and she talked about losing her her three-year-old son. What's neat is she actually had this company going before that, but I know that now it's been something that has created a lot of love and healing in her life to to help women specifically find clothes that make them feel comfortable and beautiful. Modestpop.com does offer discounts to different groups. They offer discounts to teachers and to bridal parties, and that is all found on their main website, modestpop.com. I'm excited for our next episode that will be coming out in two weeks. I release an episode every other Friday now, and it is with my good friend, and very successful uh, public speaker in the business world. He's doing incredible things, author. His name is Ty Bennett, and he is joined by his wife, Sarah Bennett. And I just cannot wait to share the incredible intimate conversation we had about seeing people. Lastly, as I'm trying to be creative with COVID and this upcoming book signing that just got canceled, I am offering to sign books from home and to send them to people for Christmas gifts. I'll even wrap them up for you at no extra charge or anything like that. You'll just pay for the book and for the shipping. If you do order five or more books for gifts, then I will just waive the shipping and I'll cover that for you. So go ahead and message me if you're interested in that. I'd love to help out for the holidays and seems like a really timely message, especially during covid a lot of grandparents and high-risk people in particular that are needing to feel seen right now. So if I can help you, please just message me on my website, julieleespeaks.com. And my friends, until next time, my name is Julie Lee and I see you.